0: Feels like the 2020 Tokyo Olympics were on two seconds ago, and they kind of were because of COVID delays. But it's time to get set for the next round, the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. And there's a lot going on: international politics, human rights issues, the pandemic, and environmental concerns. And of course, a big global event where Aussies will compete for medals. So this quiz shortcut is a bit of a two-hander. We'll cover the issues like why Australia and other nations are staging a diplomatic Boycott, and we'll take a look at the sporting side and Australia's chances on the podium. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Eliza Harvey.
1: And I'm Sam Ferris.
0: Sam, of course, you're from our Sport Today podcast. We thought we'd get you back on Squish Shortcuts because you are our resident expert. No pressure, of course.
1: Look, to be completely honest, I'm just hoping to stick the landing here, (laughs) Eliza. So let's get into it before the nerves really take over.
0: Alright, let's do it, Sam. So the Beijing Winter Games are on from the 4th until the 20th of February and they say sport and politics shouldn't mix. We'll get into all those issues in a minute but first let's get our head around the Winter Olympics. It started not long after the first modern Olympics.
1: Yeah, just five years after in 1896. uh, It was known as the Nordic Games and the athletes were mostly from countries like Norway and Sweden. It was very popular and organisers decided to hold the competition regularly. There was a disruption, to those plans due to World War I, but the next big event was held in Chamonix in France in 1924. It was a huge success, so much so the International Olympic Committee, or the IOC, modified its charter to create a separate Winter Olympics, so from then on the Games were held every four years.
0: Like the Summer Games, the Winter Games covers many sports and events within sports.
1: So there's 15 sports that cover events on the snow like skiing and snowboarding and then there are those on the ice like figure skating, the luge and ice hockey.
0: And over the years, the Winter Games have generated some amazing performances. So let's take a skate down memory lane. A favourite of mine was Torval and Dean. They're the British figure skating pair who made history at the 1984 Olympics in Sarajevo. They performed their free dance to Ravel's Bolero. It was magic. They became the highest scoring figure skaters of all time.
1: Well, I'm going back even further, Eliza, to 1980 in Lake Placid and what's known as the Miracle on Ice. Uh, the Soviet Union, they'd won five of the previous six ice hockey gold medals and they were strong favourites to win it again that year. Their team was pretty much all professionals and standing in their way was the plucky USA team that was mostly amateurs. They met in the semifinals and the USA came back from a gold down to win 4-3 and they went on to win the gold medal too. It's known as the Miracle on Ice.
0: Wow, I'll have to look it up. All right, so let's look at Australia's history at the Games. And because it's more of a summer sports kind of country, it's probably not too surprising that it took us more than 80 years to win our first Winter Games gold medal. And it happened in the most bizarre of circumstances, Sam.
1: You couldn't make this up, Eliza. So uh, Stephen Bradbury, he's our Aussie ice skater. He lined up in the final of the 1,000 metre skating event and he stuck with the other four skaters for most of the race, but they pulled ahead of him for the final bit. They were just too strong and too fast. But as the skaters rounded the final corner, the lead pack collided with each other and they were all sent crashing except for Bradbury because he was far enough behind and missed the chaos. So he easily skated through for gold in utter disbelief. You can see the look on his face. Uh, He later said i'll accept this gold medal but not for the 90 seconds of the race i'm going to take it for the 14 years of hard work and fair enough
0: honestly you can't watch that race too many times and just (laughs) as you mentioned the incredible look on his face there at the end and sam two days later australia won its second gold medal this time in a much more conventional manner
1: Yeah, Bradbury was a surprise. This one was kind of expected. Alyssa Camplin, she's an aerial skier and she's an incredible athlete. Uh, Aerial skiing is where you hit the ramp at pace, which launches you up in the air. You do some spins and turns and then land on a steep slope. Uh, Trust me, it's not for the faint-hearted. Camplin was a gymnast and track and field athlete as a kid and she turned to aerial skiing in her quest to go to the Olympics. She broke a lot of bones on the way to gold. In fact, she'd broken her ankles just six weeks before the Games But she got there and Australia went absolutely nuts watching it.
0: And Sam, neither Stephen nor Alyssa are Australia's most successful Winter Olympians. That honour goes to freestyle skier Dale Begg-Smith. He won gold at the Turin Olympics in 2006 and silver in Vancouver in 2010.
1: Yeah, he hasn't talked about so much anymore. He was actually born in Canada, but the Canadian team thought he was spending too much time on his computer business rather than ski training. So he moved to Australia with his brother. They became citizens and he competed as an Aussie. He's a bit of a recluse uh, and that software company made him rather rich, but he is an excellent ski so we'll take it.
0: We'll take the medals. And we'll get into the Aussie prospects at the Beijing Olympics in a bit. But next, let's take a look at how the pandemic and how the West's relationship with China will shape these Games. These Olympics are a bit complicated and that goes well beyond COVID. China's human rights abuses and specifically the accusations of genocide against the Uyghurs in the Xinjiang province are in focus. Long story short, Sam, the Uyghurs are a mostly Muslim ethnic group who've been detained in Chinese forced labour camps. While there are credible reports that many women have been sterilised so they can't have children.
1: Yeah, the details are pretty distressing. Uh, China denies these claims and says they are job training and education camps to help locals. Basically, they've told everyone to stay out of their affairs. The Australian government, alongside the US, the UK and Canada, are making a formal complaint about the treatment of the Uyghurs through what's known as a diplomatic boycott. That means our athletes will go, as well as their entourage, but government officials and diplomats will stay at home.
0: And in the past, Sam, there has been a full boycott of the Olympics where the athletes stayed home as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. There was actually at that 1980 Games in Lake Placid when then-American President Jimmy Carter announced that Team USA would not be attending the Moscow Summer Games that year. The Soviet government had invaded Afghanistan in 1979, so Carter decided to pull the pin. Australia did compete, but under the Olympic flag rather than the Australian flag, and that was as a form of political protest.
0: It was a huge call from the Americans. What was the reaction at home?
1: Yeah, it was mixed. Uh, Most US politicians agreed with the protest action, but a survey of some of the leading athletes at the time revealed that athletes had mixed thoughts. They said they wished there was an individual choice, perhaps because they felt they were being punished because just a handful of other countries, notably West Germany, Japan and Canada, also gave the Games a miss.
0: All right. so when it comes to this diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Games, it continues the trend of fraught times in the relationship between Australia and China, but it seems it won't affect the athletes too much.
1: No, not too much, it seems. Uh, And other countries like New Zealand said they wouldn't have been sending officials anyway because of COVID.
0: Okay, so let's get on to that. China still has a zero COVID policy. It doesn't want any of it anywhere. And recently, the country's president, Xi Jinping, said his country would present a streamlined, safe and splendid games to the world. So no pressure there. But that's all been tested by Omicron.
1: Yeah, really tested and infections are rising in the capital. Uh, As for dealing with this for the Games, the chair of the Olympics medical expert panel, Dr. Brian McCloskey, he told the media last week that the game was zero spread amongst athletes rather than zero cases.
0: So they'll test for cases and then isolate people who test positive. Those who do have COVID will be able to take part after returning two negative tests. But it's still being billed as the world's strictest mass sporting event since the pandemic began.
1: Yes, so all athletes and team officials, as well as media, will be in what's referred to as closed-loop bubbles for the fortnight the Games are underway. Basically, there are three mini-bubbles in the city that are interconnected and completely cut off from the public.
0: And games organisers have announced that tickets will be super restricted with only, quotes selected spectators permitted.
1: Yeah, what that means is your average punter won't have an opportunity to go. There'll be a handful of people watching with crowd restrictions even tougher than what we saw in Tokyo. That's a big shame, and not just for the Chinese public. It will affect that Olympic spirit that lifts the entire tournament.
0: And last but certainly not least, Sam, when it comes to issues with these games, and that's the criticism that they are far from good for the environment because of all the artificial snow.
1: So what exactly is artificial snow, I hear you ask? Well, I'm going to tell you now. It's snow that's injected with water to harden it and then treated with chemicals to keep it in place. So it's probably going to become more common in the future as we feel the worsening effects of climate change.
0: Okay, so now we've touched on the politics and some environmental concerns. We've got all the problems on the table. Now let's look at Australia's prospects in Beijing next. Sam, Australia won two silver and a bronze at the 2018 Games in Pyeongchang in South Korea, and we're sending 44 athletes to compete in Beijing, more than half are women. Please tell me we have some middle prospects?
1: The good news is, Eliza, we certainly do. And let's start with snowboarder Scotty James. This is his fourth Olympics. His pet event is the halfpipe competition, where his biggest competition is Japan's Ayumi Hirano. Actually, commentators say the Japanese are looking sharp and there's a distinct possibility that they'll sweep the entire men's halfpipe podium. But James has been working on something called the triple cork, which is basically spinning around three times in the air.
0: That sounds like don't try this at home kind of stuff.
1: Absolutely. And as a general rule, uh, the more times you attempt to spin, the greater the chance of falling on your head. Uh, Eliza, don't ask me how I know that.
0: (laughs) I'm often amazed that boys get um, to the ripe old age of 21, but I've got you. So one to look out for is mogul skier Jakara Anthony. She's having a great year on the slopes.
1: Yes, yeah, she really is. Uh, Anthony is ranked third in Moguls this season and won a World Cup event in France late last year. She's a genuine gold medal chance and finished fourth in the Moguls at the 2018 Winter Games in Pyeongchang. So watch out for her.
0: All right, so world champion aerial skier Laura Peel is competing at her third game, Sam. She's amongst Australia's best medal hopes too.
1: Yep, she's right up there with Anthony. Uh, She's a very strong contender for a medal, if not gold as well. Uh, She's been in very good form of late at a recent event at Deer Valley in the US. She won with one of the highest scores seen in her event in recent years. She'll be trying to emulate Alyssa Camplin's success from back in 2002.
0: And Sam, while we're keeping a close eye on all Aussies at the Games, who are the big world names who'll be in Beijing? I'm thinking the winter equivalent of Ian Thorpe and Cathy Freeman.
1: Thorpedo and Cathy. All right, so expect to hear about Eileen Gu. She's a freestyle skier and soon-to-be Stanford University student. She grew up in the US but competes for China. And I should add that when she's not on the slopes, she's a runway model. Again, don't ask me how I know this.
0: Wow, that's quite a billing there. Um, Okay, I'm having a look here. Oh, beautiful, smart and bilingual. She'll be on our TV screens for sure.
1: Yep, it's fair to say we've got a lot in common, Eliza. (laughs) You might also want to keep an eye out for Francesco Frederick. The German is considered one of the best bobsledders of all time. He has heaps of World Cup and World Championship medals. At the last Olympics, he won two gold medals, which he'll be defending at these games.
0: Those bobsledders are crazy brave, aren't they? Uh, I might add here that that Peter Tafatafua of Tonga will also be there. Now, you might not know the name, but he went viral as Tonga's shirtless flag bearer. (laughs) We're talking all things kind on the (laughs) Sam. He competed at the Summer Games in Taekwondo, and now he's competing in cross-country skiing. And when you consider all that's going on in Tonga right now, it must be really hard to be that far from home.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One thing I'm interested in, though, is just how big these games are going to be received globally. Uh, The summer games is always bigger in terms of eyeballs on TV, but the TV audiences in the US, France, Great Britain and Germany were down on Rio five years earlier, but numbers were actually up here in Australia. The pandemic no doubt played a part, but the time zone also would have as well. It was prime time here and should be good again with a three-hour time difference for those in the East, except those in Queensland.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? Tokyo was pretty huge here. I was glued to the TV. Yep. No doubt we'll all be downhill skiing and curling experts again overnight. <laughs> and, uh, Sam, that's our shortcut to the Beijing Olympics. Now on to our recommendations. When you mentioned the bobsled team, it made me think of the movie Cool Runnings. If you haven't seen it, it's a movie loosely based on the true story of the Jamaican national bobsled team in the 1988 Winter Olympics. We'll pop a link to that in your episode notes.
1: Well, I guess I can't say the Mighty minor ducks now. You've gone down the movie route. Uh, that song, the cool running song, is always in my head around this time of year. Uh, instead, Eliza, I'm going to take this opportunity to shamelessly plug our daily Beijing show. It's called the Beijing Blitz, and it covers the big talking points and what's coming up in just a few minutes each day of the games. You can find it in the Sport Today podcast channel. So give it a search and enjoy.
0: And thank you for tuning in to Squiz Shortcuts. If you like our shortcut, you might consider leaving a review in your podcast app. And we always love getting recommendations on shortcuts. So if you have any ideas or something you'd like us to get into, let us know at hello at the squiz.com.au. Until next week.